Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your host, Tavi. Oh, no. <laughs> this is what we're going to do right now? That's what I'm doing. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I'm not doing anything offensive. Offensive to my ears. Uh, why? What's wrong? What's wrong, Angel? Just, it's just going to be like those, you ever see those like Mike Tyson memes? <laughs> no kiss. <laughs> no kiss. Or remember when our uh, remember when our cousin would add lisps to things that didn't even have s's to them? <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be uh, me this episode. Anyway, y'all. So today we're gonna be talking about the 1996 dark comedy that is the Cable Guy. This movie was directed by Ben Stiller, and I Ooh. think it's probably the only movie that he's directed where he hasn't been like the main star, right? I'm gonna look real quick, but the only other movie I can think of that he directed, like off the top of my head, was what Tropic Thunder and he did Reality Bites in the '90s, which he was the main character of, and then he was the main character of Tropic Thunder and Dodgeball. Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, you're right. I think you're right. This might be the first movie that he's like directed where he's not the actual uh, like you forget. You forget he's even in it sometimes. Well, it, until you watch it again, like I guess we can get into it pretty pretty quickly here. Uh, what our experience with this movie is? This movie I watched in theaters in the '90s, and I was like, what, seven years old when this movie came out? You mean way too young to watch this movie? <laughs> And the main reason why that was uh, is, uh, you know, the 90s, Jim Carrey dominated that decade, right? There's there's no way around it. Uh, this is our second time doing a Jim Carrey movie on this show. Because the first movie that uh, Jim Carrey was in that we did on this show was actually Batman Forever. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it from 94, when The Mask comes out, till really about 99 jim carrey was one of the highest paid actors in hollywood uh Mm. which is funny because like you know he got his start on in living color uh which you know he was like the one white guy he was like like the most well-known white guy on that show but he had like such a like good knack for physical comedy and the break that he got in 94 with the mask dumb and dumber ace ventura like all that kind of stuff is just like you know he caught fire in in a span of a couple of years so those don't know like the thing about jim carrey is he has the like he he's had this like the way his face has been descriptive is a living mask and he's just really good at emoting and he's very like he has just a very expressive face. And sometimes it's like, he can make you laugh without even saying a thing. Like, he's just, it's just his face. Like, the weird faces, how he's able to contort himself in all these weird, uh, in all these, like, weird ways, right? And in the 90s, we all ate that shit up. Like, Ace Ventura is still probably some of my favorite, like, comedy series. Yeah, and it's pretty shock. I mean, the thing is, it's pretty shocking because... All right, if we're looking at this movie, The Cable Guy, the entire budget of the movie is $47 million. Do you know how much Jim Carrey made to, to, to star in this movie? I don't know. Three mil. No, he made $20 million of the $47 million budget. 
just to give you a sense of how big a star he was at this time. Jesus, man, that's fucking wild. It's really crazy when you think about it. And, you know, consider to get for this because, I mean, this, and I think maybe one of the reasons why this movie isn't as fondly remembered as some of his other, like, 90s output is because, you know, he kind of goes in a radically different direction here. This is not the Jim Carrey we're used to, folks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, he still does... it still is a Jim Carrey movie and he still does Jim Carrey stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think like watching it, like watching it now, like it very much is a Jim Carrey movie. And I think, I think we have a better understanding for this kind of stuff. Maybe than audiences back in the nineties did, even though this is a very nineties movie, right? Just the, <laughs> the, 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 the simple premise of the movie being about a cable guy is like very 90s because you know in the 90s not everyone was on the internet yet uh most of what people watched was on television cable was insanely expensive uh and you know so everything that you would see like on the news or like all the trending stories of the day like all of that stuff would be on tv MTV still showed music videos, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but they also like had very popular shows at the time. So you know stuff like The Real World, which is probably like the first real big reality TV show, and uh, they uh, MTV even had I think probably the reason why it's featured in this movie. MTV had the Ben Stiller show, which apparently was like a sketch comedy show that he did in the '90s, and one of the things that uh, that, that that I've like seen is that pretty much everyone who's who is on that show, like Andy Dick and and uh, and gosh, I forget the other guy's name, uh, the guy who plays his brother in this movie. But there's a bunch of people like in this Jack show. Black? No, 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 not Jack Black. But there's a bunch of people uh, in this movie who make cameos in this movie that were on the Ben Stiller show. So, so he worked with a lot of actors that he already knew. Um. This is my first time seeing Matthew Broderick in a movie. <laughs> I, I was not, you know, I was not growing up in the 80s. So I actually didn't watch Ferris Bueller's Day Off until I was like well into adulthood. <laughs> so the first thing I saw, I saw uh, Matthew Broderick in was this. I didn't find out until later that he's the voice of adult Simba from The Lion King. And then, of course, everyone remembers him from that awful, like, 98 Godzilla movie. <laughs> I'm sure he wished we didn't remember him from that awful 98 Godzilla movie. Well, I think he's, I think he, what he probably wishes we we wouldn't remember even more is that apparently he, like, is one of the people who may have, like, killed someone in a car or something like that. <laughs> he may be in that celebrity club of people who have killed someone. <laughs> it's him... It's uh who am I thinking of? Crap, why am I blanking on uh well I know Brandy was one of them. Brandy from well, we uh, talked about director John Singleton, I think. Crap, why am I blanking on that uh music big uh, big ass music producer that beat the shit out of uh Easy <laughs> and almost threw uh vanilla ice off a balcony? Oh Suge Knight. Suge <laughs> Knight, thank you. I don't know why I forgot it. so it's Matthew Broderick and Suge Knight. <laughs> <laughs> that's a club i never thought those two would be in the same like you know booking up yeah 
Oh, and then uh, oh. Matthew Matthew Broderick has been like married to Sarah Jessica Parker, another like kind of eighty star who who had like a renaissance in the nineties as well. So, man, we I feel like we can't talk about this movie without talking about those weird mid nineties to early aughts like weird groups of actors that all played like similar roles in similar movies. Well, there's apparently... tons. Yeah, because you know, it. there's like the there's like the Brat Pack from the '80s, right? And those were all the kids that came out in the same like John Hughes movies, and that included like Emilio Estevez and Molly Ringwald and uh, what's his name, Anthony Michael Hall. In this one, I guess they go by the Frat Pack, and that includes like Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Owen and Luke Wilson, Will Ferrell, like Steve Carell, Jack Black, Vince Vaughn. And it's like, yeah, apparently they were all friends and they made these movies. And that's why, like, Owen Wilson and Jack Black are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack Black is like, I'm not used to him playing like such a toned down character. <laughs> yeah, he is. This is way before he's just playing Jack Black in all these other movies. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, one of the writers on this movie who actually does not get writing credit, and I guess it's because of something between him and and the and the writers guild or something but the guy who 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 took the spec script that was so the script was created by a guy named lou holt i think mm-hmm. lou holtz jr and uh i guess his his original script was a bit more of a buddy comedy but the guy who actually modified the script around jim carrey and made it a lot more of the kind of darker stalker comedy than like that it is now uh was mm-hmm. actually judd apatow Mm, that makes sense. That makes, yeah, can, it makes sense because see this being a Judd, like Judd Apatow influence, especially with yeah. Leslie Mann in it. Exactly, <laughs> his wife is also in this. So, uh, yeah, it, it's really weird because it is a movie that has a lot of people that we know now in it, but it's like they were just. It just feels random that they're all in this movie. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, there we go. There's, there's. There's all my setup for this. I will say that, you know, I think this really was the springboard for Jim Carrey to go from all those comedy movies to doing stuff that was a lot more serious. And I mean, he I didn't think... do a serious movie until what? Man on the Moon or which came yeah. out like Man on the Moon. five years later. Yeah, he does Man on the Moon uh, in, I think, 99 or 2000 or something. Yeah, I got to look. And then... You keep talking, <laughs> and uh, but the the one the one there's there's the majestic, which is I guess like a movie that he and Martin Landau were in. That was a, that was like this weird like drama. But I I think the one uh, Jim Carrey's best movie that I've seen him in where that's not a comedy is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I yeah, still that's think. right, number twenty three. <laughs> <laughs> no absolutely not you were about to so go along with it too. i was not gonna fucking go along you look you sounded like you were about to go along with it <laughs> you're gonna be like yeah dude i remember that oh no that one was bad all right is that was the era when Jim Carrey got all up in his own ass and he like did you ever see his website it was like on Tosh.0 his website just had an allusion to the number 23 all over it it was so bizarre but now you know he went on to uh he went on to uh become what's his name major glory or whatever the fuck in uh kick-ass 2 and now he's a total nihilist so I love him and like 
actually currently right now he's <laughs> the most famous thing he's done was uh he plays joe biden on snl as well yeah so it's all topical <laughs> so but anyway that. all right let's go ahead and get into this movie so this movie revolves around the character of stephen kovacs who is an architect uh played by matthew broderick uh, apparently he and his girlfriend fiance robin played by Leslie Mann, they have some sort of, you can tell that they've had some sort of like fundamental couple disagreement because the beginning of this movie is Steven moving into his own place. And uh, I guess they're, they're taking some, some sort of a break. Right. I think they say it right away that we find out right at the beginning that Steven apparently tried to propose to Robin to which she freaked out because I guess they weren't ready for it and so they asked for a break while she kind of like um got stuff kind of got herself sorted out right now I always thought that like I thought this is such a weird setup because I don't know maybe it's because we are old if we're supposed to be older than the characters in this movie but I always felt that if you're gonna pop the question you already kind of had an idea that the person was gonna say yes I don't think that's totally true. I think there's a lot of couples out there that maybe have even been together for a long time that don't really have that level of communication. I'm not going to say it, it, it happens all the time, but you'd be surprised. I mean, there's, this isn't entirely uncommon. Really? Now, I don't know. I've never. Proposed. I'll tell you the part that really does kind of trip me out because we don't live in this time and we're not adults in this time. Like this is the anti, like you know, like when we talked about how we we watch a movie like Five Hundred Days of Summer and we relate to it so much because you know, at least for me, like I was starting my twenties at the time that that movie came out. So mm-hmm. a lot of it felt like, yeah, I mean, like I relate to what a lot of these people are going through. These are obviously people in their late 20s, but it's like, but it's in the 90s. So it's like you have them waiting for a cable guy to show up. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, that still happens, right? Like, so it's a completely different people... experience, though, than what we're used to. Yeah. Plenty of people still do cable, uh, but cable's just not as, it's not like the end all be all like it used to be, right? Like mm-hmm. it used to be everyone would crowd around, crowd around the television all the time. Now we have devices everywhere, which another thing, I think Jim Carrey's character is very forward forward. Oh my God. <laughs> because the, a lot of the things that he like talks about where he talks about how telephone, uh, internet and, and TV would all be brought together by cable uh, he talks about, you know, like being able to play like Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam and all that kind of stuff. Like that kind of stuff does actually happen and did come true. So, you know. No, but- I have a, this whole theory that fucking Ben Stiller is a like he 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 used magical thinking to look into the future <laughs> when he was <laughs> writing this movie. Because that's the only way he can come up with not only the not only the uh, the stuff that happens like culturally. But also the uh, the character of uh, Ernie Douglas himself. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that kind of is happening in the background, which I do like about this movie, is everyone's watching uh, the trial of Sam Sweet, right? Who's like a, he's, he's apparently like a child actor who, who, <laughs> who had a twin brother and like murdered his brother. But, you know, if you were growing up in the 90s, really what it is it's a spoof on the oj simpson uh 
trial, which, you know, a lot of people now just know OJ Simpson as like, <laughs> as a guy who was acquitted of murder, mm-hmm. uh, spent a lot of years in jail and now does those like funny, like Twitter video. Hey, the, the world is OJ. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think the best way to describe it to someone who's younger, like maybe like a Gen Z or something like that, if if it's even possible to do that, I don't know. But it's just like, I would say that the one of the reasons why OJ Simpson, they called it the trial of the century, right? Like, and why it was such a big deal is because he was just like a guy who had like jumped, leaped off the sports world and had penetrated pop culture was in movies, uh, was on television and all that kind of stuff. And I was thinking about like a good comparative that I could put in, into like into modern times. And I'd probably say that like the OJ Simpson trial was so big and so sensational because it was it was like if you could imagine in the current world that we're living in right now that like Dwayne Johnson was a serial killer, right? Like, yep. <laughs> or like something happened, like it would be that everyone would be watching it everyone would be paying attention to what's happening because it would be like if lebron james star it would be like if lebron james killed a white woman like <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah i mean yeah like it would, be, it would be like if the rock we found out like murdered somebody and just tried to cover it up you know <laughs> like it would be one of those things where it's like these these monolith like mega stars of pop mm-hmm. culture that just kind of exist in our zeitgeist that yeah. just went out and fucking killed somebody, you know? Yeah, like, so that's why, this, that's why this trial is such a big deal and everyone in the movie is, while they're not talking about it, they're all definitely seeing it. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, like, it, what it actually really reminds me of now is if you ever, and, and you haven't seen it yet, but uh, for anyone who listens to the show who has seen it, if you watch the HBO show, show Insecure, they, they what I like about this show is that every season, they actually, like, all the characters like will talk about like a series that's on and in one of them it's like this like murder series like you know it was like one of those like how to get away with murder things but they like cast like actual known actors to to play like the characters on that show and like that show is like something that like all the characters in the series will reference and stuff like that so it it, that's what this reminded me of absolutely Mm -hmm. but you know it's like okay so so Chip Douglas is what uh, Jim Carrey's character says uh, is his name. He shows up to uh, set up cable for Matthew Broderick's character. And I guess one of his, fr- Steven's friend played by Jack Black, who his name was Rick. So mm-hmm. Rick told Steven, you know, hey, talk to the cable guy, you know, give him 50 bucks or give him like, you know, whatever, give him money and ask him to give you like, you know, more channels and stuff like that, which, you know, I know that in the 90s, a lot of people that I knew got those like wonderful, like (laughs) illegal cable boxes from like, you know, paying off cable guys. Like it is stuff that happened. uh, It was very common. Now, I'm not saying I'm one of those guys, but (laughs) if I was one of those guys, let's just say me and my father, we knew where to get it, you know. I was trying to go for like Joe Pesci. I don't know if that. Uh, no, my, my God, no. Shut up. I'm trying. <laughs> that is the worst. What are you doing? Huh? I don't see you doing anything to, to, to spice it up our show. No, I would just spice it up by saying you had illegal cable. And uh... <laughs> I'm just going to spice it up by outing you for being a criminal when you were a child. I'm going to tell the vice president that you were watching illegal cable in the 90s. Hey, shut up. No, don't tell her. She's a cop. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't hear you bitch and moan when you came over to watch all those free WWE people. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I definitely got on to this, but but besides besides this, you know, again, this is something that happened. So he talks to the cable guy, you know, tells it tells him, you know, can you get me more channels and stuff like that? And Jim Carrey's character kind of like scares him and goes, Oh, well, you know, you know that's illegal and you could probably get fined or end up in jail and stuff like that. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where he starts like kind of a joke and stuff. And from there, they begin this bizarre, like one-sided friendship to where Steven is one of those guys who's very nice and maybe too nice for his own good in this situation. Yep. Um, and Chip is just one of those people who, I'll say this, Chip's character is someone who's, who seems to see friendship as maybe because he is a cable guy he tends to see friendships as something that's very transactional, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll give you something, you give me something and, you know, like I'll cover it this time you cover it. Like, yeah, it's just weird thing. And what this movie really makes me think of a lot is just like, you know, a friendship or something like, you know, like you ever had like a friend that, that is able to do something for you. And it's like, you get this feeling where you're like, you don't want to, you don't want to make your friend feel like, they have to do stuff for you just because they're you're they're your friend and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. but it's like this is the complete opposite this is for steven it's very it, you know I, i'm just gonna pay this guy to give me extra stuff and then you know and that should have been guess, the end of it you know that yeah that, like that should have <laughs> been the end of this relationship like ideally it's just Steven gives Chip money. Chip hooks him up with a bunch of free cable. Bada bing, bada boom. They're done. They don't ever have to talk, right? The thing is, Chip as a character is pretty much like, think of your 4chan people. Think of your people that go in the dregs of the internet and they get they become so obsessed, right? They become so obsessed with content, with, with things. And it's like the moment anyone shows any sort of genuine emotion towards them they just latch onto that person and that's pretty much what happens between chip and steven because i think steven calls him buddy or pal or something you know colloquial something i do i do it all the time now apparently this movie made me scared to call people friend or buddy or bro (laughs) i do not do this actually (laughs) i do no oh no like if i you know i call people because that's how that but that's just how i talk apparently like i'll just be like oh yeah no problem boss or oh yeah thanks buddy like you know Apparently that's way too friendly now, so I gotta stop. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that's to me that just feels like a little step too far. So I very much don't <laughs> try to do that. You're like, thank you, human. <laughs> you go the exact opposite direction. You're thank you, with people. Thank you, adult that provides goods and services. <laughs> and then when they try to shake your hand, you spray them with a like, water. <laughs> no 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 that is enough contact (laughs) yeah but the thing Um, is chip is one of those dudes that like you use like that inhabits the internet he's one of those guys that's obsessed with the internet and is raised by the internet that we experience now because he was one of those guys in the 90s because the equivalent of the internet for him was pop culture and and you know as we learn as the movie progresses his he's he's not really a dude that has a personality of his own his personality is based on what he ingests right yeah no kidding it's he seems like someone who's completely like you know everything that he does is like a reference to a television show 
uh, I, I yeah, the, the idea of you saying that it's like a 4chan like user, like that actually does make a lot of sense to me. There is there is bits of this that's a little in that gives incel vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 and I you know you feel for the character of Steven too, even though it's like. You know, I, I don't think he's like the most benevolent character, but I do definitely feel for the fact that that you know, have you ever had like a friend who like you don't really want to be friends with them or you don't really want to spend a ton of time with them, and you know they they really want to be around you, and you're like, I don't really want to be around you, but I also don't want to be a fucking flaming dickhole and yeah, like, like tell you to fuck off. Like it's hard to navigate those kinds of relationships. <laughs> We all know somebody like that that we're just like they love us way more than we love them. <laughs> and we just don't want like you said, you just don't want to be a dick about it. You don't want to be rude, so you just kind of, you 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 do just enough to like keep things cordial and friendly, but you don't really go out of your way to be nice to that person. And that's kind of how Steve Steven, sorry, uh approaches his relationship with Chip. Yeah, uh, and he and he falls into the trap because you know uh, you he, idiot because Chip like asks him you know if they want to hang out and Stephen agrees and I think I think the other thing too is I, I think there's a part of Stephen that does kind of want that as well because he feels lonely you know so it's like maybe it, it like if this is a movie where you're meeting him with Stephen and Stephen is living with Robin like he he might not be his game to to make friends like that and, and mm-hmm. i'd probably put it like in this way like i when you know when i was in my early 20s and and i had just like what basically post high school i had gotten out of high school i had a group of friends that i really were was very close to in high school and as you know we all started growing up everyone started growing apart and i just remember like you know in the time when i had pretty much like lost contact with a lot of people that I was friends with up until that point I started making like friends with people I knew at work started meeting people at school like basically making friends with people that I otherwise would have never talked to and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's like in if I didn't have that like maybe like you know I stopped talking to people so I probably should look for friendship somewhere else I probably wouldn't have been as open to it Mm -hmm. so that's what I mean like Steven I think his loneliness is probably what would kind of like all right well you know sure why not let's 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 go ahead and 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 let's let's be buddies or like let's go to this one thing and they go to they go to hang out chip says he's one of his preferred customers now (laughs) and they take him to this like satellite dish (laughs) uh where you know that's where he tells like steven you know about like how he was basically raised on television and you know you, you you see later in a flashback that he's got like an absent mother uh, you mm. don't really know who his father is at all um and we just know. like yeah they had like a bit of a bro bro out i guess yeah like they have a moment where steven gets to see chip as the person and not just the guy that installed his cable right and this is where chip gives his uh what i can only call the internet utopian speech where or i forgot what the what the term is but it's those folks that believe that the internet was going to be like this huge thing that would like unite humanity um and and and, you know he talks about like how it's going to connect us and you're going to be able to have all this information at the uh at the uh you know grasp your hand and you can and taking content from all over the world 
And it's funny because a lot of those guys from the 90s, from this era when this movie was uh, was released, uh, have gone like, you know, 20, 20 years later, 20, 20 some years later, have immediately gone back on their word and be like, oh, no, humanity was not ready for the internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, again, everything has just evolved to such a point. But, you know, enough of it was was enough of it is what this movie at least predicted but mm-hmm. um what's it called uh it's not even just chip like steven like i said steven opens up as well to chip and 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 some of like you know how he feels about his relationship with robin ends up coming out as well and, and i think give some good advice on how to how to handle things with robin well you know? yeah because like okay rick seems to be steven's best friend but you kind of get the feeling that like Steven's friends have heard all of this before and they're kind of like tired of listening to him talk about it and would rather him not, not have to talk about Robin. Right. So it's like, you know, Steven finally has somebody that he can kind of talk to about it. So maybe to an extent, he really does think that this could be some sort of friendship for him, but the, (laughs) the idea that that is what could take place completely falls apart. Uh, immediately after that because you know the next scene is of steven meeting up with his friends and they're all playing like pickup basketball at the gym and out of nowhere chip decides to show up and decides to that he's gonna play with all of them and uh basically like hand checks the shit out of everybody sets like these really hard screens that like, was a perfectly legal screen in any gym in America. Don't give me that <laughs> Even when he fouled that guy, it was fine up until he started, like, you know, grabbing at him. <laughs> at that point, it would be as friend of the Joe, or friend of the show, I was about to say friend of the Joe, friend of the show Joe would say he might as well have taken him out to a nice seafood dinner after that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the best part too is like all right so this is like the 90s everyone was still watching jordan like jordan was still 96 especially i think i think 96 might have been like the you know like the peak of michael jordan's popularity you get the scene where like chip like jumps over uh <laughs> jumps over rick's back and takes like the the my, the MJ like slam dunk like pose that completely like shatters the, the glass backboard. <laughs> Which and you know what that made me think of like all right in the nineties I had Super Nintendo and I used to play this game called NBA Jam. Who I think like there were still versions of it that came like as far as Xbox three hundred and sixty. Like there were newer consoles that played it. It's kind of like NFL Blitz, like one of those like really like weird like minimal roster like exaggerated motion games (laughs) Mm -hmm. and what that game would do all the time is you would get like the shattering glass backboard effect (laughs) you were on fire yeah was that the game where it was um oh that was the 72 and 10 season so yeah this was like peak chicago bulls sorry (laughs) like it was bothering me because i was trying to remember if it was the 94 95 or 95 96 no this was it this, yeah, yeah, this, no, was, this, this was, was it. This was, yeah, this was peak greatest. Bulls, peak Jordan. So, um, but yeah, was that the game where it was like two on two and then like you would build up your heat meter and then next thing you know, you're shooting the ball while it's on fire? Yes. And I oh my God. loved that game so like, much. Why were those, why were those stupid offshoot games were so fun? Like NFL Street. 
Well, yeah, because you know back then it's like you like you would get different companies that could license like NBA and NFL games. Now it's like 2K owns NBA and like EA owns, uh, EA owns NFL because of Madden. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, yeah. let's let's that's enough video game talk. No, no, no. <laughs> that's gonna be for my other podcast, which is gonna be killing monopolies. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, basically he ruins the entire game, and no one wants to play with him. And that was when... my favorite part when Rick was like, "Oh, cool, thanks for." He was like hella happy, like Chip was super juiced, and then Rick's like, "Thanks for breaking the backboard, Dick. <laughs> thanks for destroying the game, dumbass." Like, like he was expecting everyone to be happy, and like no one could give less of a shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Chip, I guess, like is telling Steven, "Oh, why don't they hang out again?" And Steven basically says, "You know, we're not." really friends i don't really know you uh and just leaves him there <laughs> and then you get the scene where steven's coming home and he gets like a million fucking messages and this is where like it starts getting creepy right yeah this is where it borders on some horror territory <laughs> yeah and there's even the scene later when uh you know when when chip is like in the in the van watching sleep in seattle while steven watches it in his apartment when he has like the flashback uh, the movie that that Chip is watching is called Play Misty for Me, and it's a movie from the seventies. Was that which, the? Uh, it's a Clint Eastwood movie where he's being uh, where he's being stalked, right? Yeah, I remember he's, that movie. Yeah, yeah, he's like a radio DJ that's being like stalked by a listener, um, but not the same as you know New Year's Evil, which also revolved around <laughs> literally the same fucking premise, but stupider. <laughs> and uh I, I just wanted to use that as an excuse to bring up new year's evil again <laughs> go check out our new year's evil episode <laughs> literally <laughs> maybe maybe one of the worst reviews we've ever done <laughs> oh yeah we like forgot what happened in the movie halfway through the episode and like it's our shortest episode and like we legit i think hated even talking about it so please go check it out you might actually get some you might actually get some amusement off of how much we hated that movie oh god that was almost a year ago anyway yeah go check it out support us like comment subscribe <laughs> anyway so after getting his freaking like voice mailbox just destroyed by uh destroyed by chip i think he relents right this is the part where uh steven relents and finally agrees to go meet him again and they actually go to a restaurant called medieval times so this was which i've never been to um i don't know if they still exist I remember being on BART and seeing ads for like Hamalot, which I'm assuming was the same thing. Oh yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, I did kind of hear that like these kinds of like these themed restaurants, like specifically these like medieval themed restaurants, kind of had a, a resurgence of popularity Game when of Game of Thrones yeah. was was out. <laughs> so yeah, that actually makes sense. Thanks, nerds. But. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I've never been to this restaurant. But they go there and, uh, you know, you get the scene of Matthew Broderick and Jim Carrey, like having, you know, going there to hang out and watching a show. (laughs) And you get the scene where Jim Carrey, like, well, Chip, but he he goes full Jim Carrey in this. And he asks, like, Stephen for the skin of his chicken, (laughs) puts it on his face and he goes, silence of the (laughs) left, which apparently was 
<laughs> which apparently was an ad lib like gag from uh from Jim Carrey, <laughs> and like everyone had to try not to laugh while he did it. And it's also a funny reference too because the guy who plays uh uh Stephen's mm-hmm. mother, like that actress, actually plays like the governor from whose daughter gets kidnapped in silence. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) That's hella funny. And then we get a little cameo appearance by Janine Garofalo, who, unless you love the 90s, won't really know who that is. Yeah. Andy Dick is in this as well. I honestly thought uh... it was Tom Green. I really thought. Yeah, no kidding. Who, like, a lot of people are like, who the fuck are Andy Dick and who the fuck is Tom Green? Oh, my (laughs) fuck. We are aging ourselves super hard. (laughs) Oh my god, we are so fucking I've never felt older than I do right now talking about Andy Dick and Tom Green in our, the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> oh my god, but yeah, so there's pretty much there's a bunch of 90s people, don't worry about it, who apparently all these folks, everyone that works there at one point has been hooked up by Chip to get awesome cable. They're all his preferred customers. So he gets special treatment where the staff end up picking Steven and Chip to come down and have an impromptu night battle. (laughs) I'm like, this is a super terrible idea. It's super terrible and it's super dangerous. But if you pay close attention, the reason why they're allowed to do this is because Chip hooks these people up with cable. So, like, part of the reason why, like, Steven gets screwed in every turn is because you you really discover that Chip does this with a lot of people. Like, <laughs> and, like, they're, like, yeah, this guy's, and, and they're even, like, warning you. Yeah, this guy's pretty crazy, like, <laughs> throughout this. So they get the scene where they start battling each other. And apparently it's, it's like, you know, Chip uses it as, like, a reference to, like, a Star Trek episode and all that stuff. But it's actually a pretty, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty funny scene. Oh, it's uh, hilarious. It's also like, it, it's hilarious. And it's also like, it's so weird. This movie is so good at like, at straddling the line between comedy and like horror. Because if it's anybody besides Jim Carrey doing this, like, this is frightening. This is actually like, a horror movie because this guy is taking over this other guy's life uh everyone it's like one of those like the world is against you things as well like you know if it's anybody besides jim carrey at this time at this time of his career you know it's probably something that you don't think of as 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 you know being that shocking but like watching it now it's just like because it is jim carrey and because he does jim carrey things throughout the entire movie like it, it, you get enough humor out of it. It's like Rosemary's Baby, but with the laugh track. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like literally, like you put anyone else, you put Matt, like Matt Dillon, for example, in this in this role as Jim Carrey, the entire tone of the film changes. <laughs> like that movie easily becomes a horror flick. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just more power to Jim Carrey what he's able to do, right? Um, so after the medieval times, uh, Chip goes on and he gets like this really expensive sound system and TV setup for Steven and was going to give it to him as a gift which for, you know, for Steven's friendship, uh, Steven declines it, but 
you know, Chip still wants them to have a party before he takes it back. So he invites a bunch of his other preferred customers. That theme comes back. Uh, he ends up inviting a bunch of these preferred customers to come over to um, for a party over at Stevens. So earlier in the film, I don't know if we talked about it, but Steven actually uh, met up with Robin. They had a date where things seemed to go well. However, Robin still wanted her, her space from Steven. She was going out on a date with somebody else. So uh, Chip convinced him to come out to the, you know, to let them have the party and have fun while Robin's out on her date to kind of get his mind off of it. So they have this, you know, giant karaoke set up with the random assortment of people, <laughs> just like the most random folks you can think of. And just uh, belting out songs when this uh, woman ends up showing interest in uh, in Steven. So she ends up, you know, coming over, paying attention to him. And to which Chip gasses him up and tells him, hey, you know, I think she's got eyes for you. Why don't you go, you know, why don't you go see uh, what you can do, right? So he convinces her to go, or he, he convinces him to take the girl into the room while and while he belts out <laughs> what's the song called again it's uh somebody to love yes. uh, by jefferson airplane <laughs> which is it's like jim carrey like singing this song with a lisp the entire time is just so fucking bizarre like you get an actual musical number in this movie <laughs> and uh it's funny because like this song like i'd never heard it in any other context than like this movie in the 90s and it wasn't until recently that i actually like listened to the original song and i was like yeah this does not sound like what i thought it was gonna sound like at all because i can't listen to jefferson airplane song without thinking of jim carrey's <laughs> oh you and a bunch of people i'm pretty sure this song's been ruined for a lot of people or better <laughs> thanks to jim carrey <laughs> so as he belts out the song uh steven makes it with this woman uh jim uh i'm jim carrey chip ends up like breaking in the door and like taking a picture of them while like right before they started humping and ends up getting this picture <laughs> of them making out goes back out to the party the part that's fucking weird is that like while jim carrey's like out like singing the karaoke song like you get like cuts into this like bedroom where she's basically just massaging his hair and it's like what the fuck kind of sex scene is this? you never had a follicle massage that shit's beautiful that shit is what? lovely that shit is exuberant <laughs> i felt like a new man after just that <laughs> all right but anyway he screws that woman uh, through. Uh, oh, you you're know, so romantic. <laughs> and uh, they w- they wake up the next morning. Chip is in the house still. He banged it like a bass drum. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> which apparently, like, he's like spent the night there. Uh, he's wearing Steven's clothes. It's <laughs> like, again, like, why isn't this fucking freaking you out? <laughs> no, it's but, fine. Uh, it was the 90s, it was different times. <laughs> Yeah. So they sit down and they have scrambled eggs and bacon. And uh, through this meal, you know, Stephen tells Chip, yeah, yeah, that night was just what I needed. I feel like a new person. And that's when Chip like tells him, oh, well, fine. It's my treat. And he just like <laughs> stops like, and he's like, wait, what do you mean your treat? And your what? You... <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, okay, the first time I saw this movie, 
I was seven years old. I did not know what a prostitute was yet. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this scene is one of those scenes that like I don't remember at all until like I watched it recently again. <laughs> this is out of all the Jim Carrey movies, this is probably the one that I revisited the least. And after mm-hmm. watching it this time, it might be one that I revisit more and more. <laughs> but you yeah, like I, out more. <laughs> but uh yeah, like so it's to me, it's like, well, that's kind of frightening because if for all intents and purposes, like I mean yes steven had consensual sex with this person but the but the you know circumstances under which occurred would have changed whether or not he would have consented to this so it is like kind of rapey in a lot of ways oh no it's yeah he he thought he was making it with this woman because he he uh like she actually had a thing for him he had no idea she was getting paid to sleep with him so it is very much something like a weird bait and switch he wasn't ready for. There's a lot of creepy undertones to this. Yes, please, please, please do not do this for your friends. <laughs> do not like unknowingly, like, you know, if you're going to set them up with a sex worker, make sure that they know. Do not unknowingly do that to them because that's not okay. <laughs> Yeah, you know, especially when your friend is trying to make it back with his girlfriend or and or wife. <laughs> but, Even um, though, like, either, the weird thing about their breakup that I, I still can't get over is, okay, they have the earlier scene in the movie, right, where Robin comes over and they watch Sleepless in Seattle together. Yep. And it seems like they had a really good time that night. And then you get the scene, like, before the party that you talked about where he, where he talks to her and she's, like, talking about she's going to go on a date with somebody else. And it's just like, it's like, I don't know. It's like, that's the part of it that is like a little nebulous to me. It's like, it's like, well, how am I going to tell Robin about it? Well, it's like, isn't Robin like dating a completely other person? Like, (laughs) you know, like, I I don't know. It's not, it's not the part that he slept with another woman. That's weird because like, she's like already like dating other people, but it's just, it's, it is is sleeping with a prostitute. (laughs) You know, yeah, that's and that's the thing. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know if she's sleeping with anybody. Is it is it weird? Yes. Is it one of those weird '90s things where it's like there's an entire episode of the or there's an entire arc from Friends where people debate whether Ross and Rachel were on a break or not? I don't know, dude. It's just one of those weird '90s things, <laughs> and that's what I chalked it up to. I guess it's like this whole idea that instead of hard dating now they're casual dating all right well robin's robin's casual date well steven is horrified once he finds out what happened he ends up throwing a chip out and says i don't really want to spend time with you anymore i don't know i don't want to be friends with you anymore basically ends the friendship right and don't be uh, near me and my son ever again (laughs) (laughs) so chip decides that the best way to respond to that is to show up at the place that robin is dating this guy who we then find out is played by Owen Wilson <laughs> and Owen Wilson is a complete like dickhead in this. Uh, they're on a date. And while, you know, while he goes into the bathroom, uh, <laughs> Chip is like, I guess like pays the bathroom attendant off to like leave. And he ends up like, you know, pretending to be the bathroom attendant in which in the scene where he beats the shit out of Owen Wilson <laughs> to like jazz music. It's so bizarre. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a weird like reference to uh or inspired by uh American Psycho. <laughs> but it's like the weird vibe I got from it. 
I mean, you know what? That kind of does make sense because, like, there's a lot of stuff that Christian Bale does in that movie where he's like hysterically like happy about it, like while things are happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, I think the other thing too is like this was around this time. Like Jim Carrey does Liar Liar, and like one of the big scenes, like the big comedy scenes in that, is Jim Carrey beating the shit out of himself in the bathroom. <laughs> so it's like right. it's just weird. It's one like I said, it's one of those things where it's like if it's anybody else doing it you know, it, it is a horror scene. It is something frightening, but because it's Jim Carrey doing it and it's because Jim Carrey doing Jim Carrey things, it's funny. It is so funny. <laughs> oh my God. So this is, um, yeah. So when Robin decides to get back together with Steve and everything's cool, right? Um but then Chip tells Steven kind of the role he played in in uh, in getting them back together, to which Steven says he doesn't want to be Chip's friends anymore. So he ends the relationship again, um, but this time, like, seriously. So before it was one of those things where it was like Steven, you know, the I think Chip just got, you know, like, just chalked it up to just Steven being angry and not really saying or not meaning what he was saying. But now that Steven was is back with his girl, maybe that that will make things better, right? Uh, that well, this is the turn, right? This is the yeah. turn where it becomes like a best friend comedy or like some bizarre like odd couple thing, and it shifts from that because then like Chip's behavior starts to get a lot more dangerous and a lot more terrifying. So this is the part of the film where it's like, even though it's Jim Jim Carrey still doing Jim Carrey things. It's where like the mask drops and he gets very creepy. <laughs> so at this point, um, this is the yeah. So at this point, this is where um, he starts getting back at him, and he ends up getting Stephen arrested for possession of stolen property. <laughs> As it turns out, the gift that he left for Stephen, uh, which was given to him by preferred customer. Uh, was stolen and given to him and Steven was in uh, possession of it. The arresting officer was actually one of Chip's other like preferred customers. Did you notice that? I did. He was at the karaoke party. Yeah. And I was (laughs) just like, it's like, that's the horror part. It's like all, it's like the walls are closing in around you and everyone is now against you. Uh Nah, yeah, it was just, it was it was a little creepy. It was a little creepy, and then he so he ends up getting arrested, taken into jail, um, and then there, like he he's confronted by his parents, right? And the entire time, like the running joke is how what he's doing to his mother and how, how his father's disappointed in him and how it's affecting his mother. So uh, he ends up having to stay in jail uh, through the weekend because they're not able to make bail because they can't get him in front of a judge. Uh, when he finally does get out and he shows up to work on uh, that Monday, he <laughs> Chimp somehow hacks the office computers in 1996 to all play a very hidden video of when, uh, when Steven was with Robin and he was just talking mad shit about his boss. And gets it to play on every computer, including uh, Steven's boss's computer. So immediately uh, getting angry, the boss fires him. So now uh, he's been arrested and Steven is now out of a job. 
and we get that really like weird scene where he's in the parking garage trying to get to his car and and chip is somehow setting off all the alarms like in a very in a in a way to like to scare him right um but yeah this is like the rest of the movie it's chip finding ways to just dig at steven and dig at steven um the entire time he's making friends with robin so he becomes really close with robin he like he comes into into Steven's parents' home and he like introduces himself and becomes fast friends with the family. It's super bizarre how quickly everyone kind of takes on uh, Chip as this like character or as this random dude then and suddenly kind of accept him as being like a family friend. And this all comes to a head that day that they he that Chip and Steven go to Steven's family's. Uh, family's house for like family dinner and they play that really sexual version of the game password <laughs> have you ever played this game by the way no i've never played this game before I, I, I remember it being like charades or something so when i watched it again apparently password was uh it was like a game show which i had never seen so i have no real point of reference for yeah, like, I, I don't know, I never played it. But essentially what it is, is it uh, they team up, it's uh, Chip teams up with Robin, and Steven uh, teams up with his mom. And they have to give clues, it's kind of like, not not like Taboo, but they give their partner clues, and they're, they only give them one clue at a time, and the partner tries to guess what the, what the password is. Um, and it, like, Chip continuously puts Steven in these uncomfortable positions where he's trying to get his mom to say um, very sexual words. And finally it comes, it, you know, it, it, it comes to a head when Steven, or I'm sorry, when Chip tells Steven that he's seen, uh, or he alludes to him of having seen um, Robin's mole like on her back, like which is in a very like intimate spot. Which yes. would, you know, imply that he had sex with her. Yes, <laughs> even though, like, the, I mean, it's no less creepy that he saw it, like, when he was telling her that he was installing cable and he was just, like, staring at her while she was changing. It's no less frightening, but yes, it's, it's, he is heavily implying that they had sex. So Steven ends up, like, attacking Chip and they get into this fight. Um, and then, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's when it, it was the next day that Steven actually gets fired. Sorry, it took things a little bit out of order. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's but, not a big deal. but yeah, at this point, Steven's just down his dumps. Like, you know, his friends have kind of left him. Uh, his family, like, doesn't trust him. His girl hates him at this point. But then, as happens with these movies, there's always one person that believes him, and it's always Rick. Oh, get yourself a friend like Rick that even though he's well, done with your bullshit. Rick does not, Rick does not want to help him at first, right? Like, the, the, uh, Stephen kind of begs him to do it and says, look, I just got out on bail. You know, he's very likely going to have to go to court at some point in the future. Anyway, like he's like, can you please? And it looks like Rick like works for the new, like he's some sort of like news person, uh, works for like the news station. And he just, you know, he, he tells him, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and do a deep dive on this and, and I'll let you know what I find. And that's when he calls him and you find out that the name Chip Douglas is a reference to a old television show called my three sons um and i guess the sons are you know whatever it's it's two different it's two different sons and chip douglas is one of them you yeah. find out that he had like a bunch of these different like pretend aliases mm -hmm. like uh george jetson you know like 
Larry uh, Tate from Bewitched. Captain Picard, uh, Jean Luc Picard, yeah, and all this stuff. Um, but that's when they find out that yeah, this guy is like he got fired from the cable company for stalking customers <laughs> and like all this stuff. And that's when you're like, yeah, that's that's dangerous. This is the scene where it's like it's still like the, the scene where they're all playing password. It's pretty frightening anyway because mm-hmm. it's like everyone is just dressed up so preppy and it's like everyone is so quick to turn on Steven. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just weird. It's very it's like, funny you know, games, right? Like it's these people just dressed up. There's something creepy going on, but it feels like no one's on in on the joke except for the audience and the creepy. You know guy. what? It, you know what it like reminds me of? It reminds me of this like joke that one one of like you know one of our cousins, uh, both of our cousins and I when we were younger, we used to have this like weird thing where we would be like in a location. And we would say, wouldn't it just be creepy if like everyone in this room just started looking at us and like <laughs> laughing right now? <laughs> and I just like, oh no, it's just a fucking frightening thought, right? And it's just like for some reason, like that made me think of this, like, <laughs> like everyone just starts smiling, like a rictus grin. It's like, no. <laughs> but um, anyway, so yeah, like you know. Uh, so steven is watching the news which is like they that's where they do like all the the ben stiller like they're doing the ben stiller like 911 calls and, oh and, like, my god the 911 call is my favorite scene in this entire movie i wish we could play the clip but i don't know if it's like a copyright thing but essentially like the idea is that um it's sam sweet right sam sweet yeah. is the killer so the idea is that Sam calls 911 after he called his his uh, or after he killed his brother Stan. <laughs> he started just saying, "I don't know who it was, but I think it was some sort of Asian. I think he was in an Asian gang. I don't know what he said, but it sounded Asian." <laughs> it's like it's so stupid it's so like over the top it's such a dumb line but oh my god why was it hilarious (laughs) oh but ben stiller is just like this side character that goes on like the whole thing with sam sweet and stan sweet are so it's it's so even me as like an audience was just intrigued Especially when they did the the stupid fake trailer for the Eric Roberts movie. <laughs> yeah. Where it was like the title was like Sweet Brother or some shit like that. Yeah, which is funny. Like most people now would probably be like, well, who's Eric Roberts? And it's like, all right, well, if you're like, if you remember about like 12 years ago, he plays Sal Maroney in Dark Knight. And probably right now, mo- most people would know he's Julia Roberts' brother. And his daughter, uh, Emma Roberts, is actually like in that Netflix movie, Holiday, that's out right now as well. So I think a lot of people know Emma Roberts from a lot of things. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's like Stephen falls asleep watching the TV this night. And then that's where he has that like wild like dream sequence <laughs> where, where it's like a repeat of the original scene from the first one where Chip is like at the door saying cable guy, cable guy. Oh, Except when you see scene. him, there's like blue backlight, black light everywhere. And he has like these weird like green eyes. <laughs> very joel schumacher (laughs) he's like frantically just trying to like throw himself against the door so that he could break in (laughs) and then when he does he just goes they like modulate his voice he just goes i just want to hang out steven (laughs) 
And when he's like chasing him down the hallway, it's like he like runs like Nosferatu a little, like what Nosferatu would look like when he ran. Like it's just so. It's like one of those things that's like again, uh, when you're reading it on a script, it probably looks very horrifying, but it's just like so wild to just see Jim Carrey doing it. It's freaking hilarious. So you know, from here uh, or at this point, uh, this is where Stephen finds out all everything that Rick learned, uh, and knowing that um, that Robin and Chip were actually going to go hang out, he goes to try to find out where, or he goes to try to stop Robin from uh, meeting up with Chip, where she gets told that, or where he gets told that the uh, by one of her neighbors that. Uh, Chip has already picked her up and that he was going to take her somewhere special. And uh, at this point, Stephen remembers the first time they hung out, they actually uh, hung out at the satellite dish. And so it's like a really special place for Stephen. Um, it cuts to Steve, uh, it cuts to Chip giving the same speech that he gave to Stephen earlier, uh, this time to, to Robin, which just kind of like, I don't know about you, but it, it like raises the creep factor up to me because then it makes you think how many times has he done this now? <laughs> and yeah, kind of how it ended each time, right? Um, at this point, uh, Steven is able to track them down and he confronts Chip as Chip holds uh, Robin hostage. They get into a fight inside the, <laughs> the dish in the rain, and as it uh, as it starts uh, collecting water, they start drowning each other. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part is that Stephen punches uh, or he punches the lisp out of Chip, <laughs> Chip, which apparently, apparently, like that was actually like not intended to be that way. Like there was like a there was a a. Uh... I guess like one take that they did of that uh-huh. and Jim Carrey forgets to talk with a lisp and oh. I guess they got and I guess it's like one of those things that he did by accident and they ended up like just putting it in like it, they ended up turning it into an ad lib where <laughs> I loved it it was hilarious it, it kills the tension right yeah. like it keeps the movie from getting too serious but it's like he gets punched in the face and he goes you just fixed my lisp and then he punches him again and he goes, you stupid son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know what's funny? Like, okay, we did we 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 did the Jim Carrey uh you know episode, like well, we did we talked about Jim Carrey when we did our Batman Forever episode. And there was like a certain like portion of that movie where like where uh, Nicole Kidman's character tells Val Kilmer oh well he's like a, he's probably obsessed with you right like it's just like when you're watching this you're like yeah if they did like a serious version of Batman Forever like Jim Carrey may have been a really good Riddler <laughs> and and it was just like a couple years or like one year too soon <laughs> that he got casted in that movie oh but, my god uh, yeah it's an awesome ending scene uh it, it, it's you know it eventually ends with uh you know chip like is it he throws himself right he throws himself onto the satellite dish yeah Um, they have this confrontation and he leads them up to the uh or chip leads uh steven he takes robin and, and they they go up to the very top of the satellite dish uh even higher than the satellite dish it's like on a weird like tower right and um and you know they they like start talking about 
how in the movies there's always a confrontation between the good guy and the bad guy to which uh steven reminds rick i mean rick sorry reminds chip that they're not in a movie that they're actual people and that their actions have consequences and it's like you know they're playing with people's lives and he tries to tell them that um that that this weird warped reality he has isn't real and it 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 shakes chip enough that he lets um robin go and he decides that you know this morning he realizes he kind of did this to himself because of his yeah like while his upbringing made him rely on tv um you know but him and not understanding how to like function or how to socialize with people was kind of what created him into who he is now so chip has this moment kind of like a uh a dissociative break where he like imagines himself talking to his mom uh this is when they get confronted by the police chopper (laughs) and then so he decides that the only way to kind of uh make up for what he's done is by throwing himself off the tower uh steven ends up saving chip last minute but then chip says that he has to kill the babysitter to keep people from becoming like him um so he ends up throwing himself off right as the final verdict from the Sam Sweet trial is about to come out. So the entire city of Los Angeles is watching, uh, trying to see what the end of the verdict is. And right at the moment they're about to say it, uh, Chip ends up destroying the, the, destroying the uh, satellite dish, killing the signal, uh, and essentially giving everyone the biggest like news blues ball, blue balls ever. <laughs> because you see how there's a lot of people that and you know you might think watching it with today's lens like no people wouldn't watch like the news like that and it's like no like this is actually what it was people people forget that in the 90s and the early aughts this is how we got our information the internet wasn't widely available and it wasn't widely used so television like especially around this time was the only way we were getting actual news and um unfortunately this was also around that time that sensationalized news was like becoming a huge thing so it's like oh yeah it totally would have been believable that everyone in the state would have been watching just to see what that verdict was going to be um after destroying the the after destroying the what's it called the satellite dish uh you know we get a couple of these shots where the like people around the city now not being able to watch tv just start picking up books and talking to each other right <laughs> which is kind of like to me was ben stiller's like big thesis of the movie um how we let like technology have a hold on us whatever blah 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 same shit 2020 <laughs> you know it's the same shit in 2020 uh but uh, you know, Stephen and Robin say goodbye to uh, to Chip, who actually survives his fall. And as he gets carried away in the rescue helicopter, one of the paramedics says, oh, don't worry, buddy, you're going to be just fine. To which Chip asks if he really is his buddy. And the paramedic, of course, being a nice guy that he is, he's a paramedic, says, yeah, of course. Uh, to which <laughs> Chip gives us this like evil smile as he stares off into the camera and uh you know fades to black credits roll and that is the end of the cable guy 
Yeah, which I guess you know brings us to to the end of this. I, I'm curious to actually find out because I I think this has been a review where we've been really good at like well you have been better at not playing your hand as to how you feel about this. So, uh, do you like the cable guy? I actually really do, and this is super hard. Like a big thing, like I told you from the beginning when we first started the show was I don't I I didn't really want to review comedies because I felt comedy is a very uh, subjective thing right like we can decide what movies are objectively bad like there's a lot of movies like that but comedies are really hard because everyone has a different sense of humor some movies are geared towards different people um especially it's almost it's comedy. almost difficult like comedies are almost difficult even in that like when we did our review on the room like in the early days of the series right because it's such a movie that's so universally like thought of as comedic by everyone mm-hmm. that it's like if you don't if you don't pick up on what makes it so funny to people it, it's like what are you doing right like so yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that and so it's one of those things where it's like like I was very I was very weird about reviewing this film but after watching it I'm totally okay with reviewing comedies and this movie is actually really good I really liked it I thought it was uh I thought it was smarter than I remember it being when I watched catching on TBS as a kid like I feel like there is a lot of interesting subtext so if you're one of those guys that loves dissecting shit um you can have a field day you can always talk like if you're one of those like movie douches that loves looking into like what the hidden meaning of this film is you'll definitely find some but honestly like jim carrey was so fucking fantastic and you know what else like i i I, watching this movie i realized that i don't give I don't give Ben Stiller enough credit as a director as how good he was. And obviously, mm-hmm. all, obviously most of us know now, right? Because Tropic Thunder like actually got Oscar nominations. Like it got it got Robert Downey Jr. an Oscar nomination. So <laughs> it clearly like, you know, it, it is his it's his magnum opus. It is his masterpiece. Um and I think even now, like it is a movie that I would review on this show because I really do think it's good and I may even like it more if I watch it again after, after, you know, after all these years, but again, like, yeah, I I very much appreciate this. Uh, It made me gain a lot more respect for him as a filmmaker or just realize that I don't give him enough credit as a filmmaker because it, like you said, it really is smart and uh, it's just, it, it, it's very, it's very grunge at the same time too, even though yes. there's nothing particularly grungy about it. It's just the, between like the music and it's just, I don't know. It's just this nineties grunge that it's exists around its the time. movie. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's, you can't make the cable guy now because there's just so many things that would be difficult Different. You know, like there would be just like this isn't a movie that you can really remake. Um, yeah, because like you said, it's just so different. But it was, uh, it's so interesting that you, and especially now, like the subject matter in this film and how much we know about, um, unfortunately, stalking and like the violence that comes with it. It's like you can't make this movie now. It's like that's such a taboo topic to make light of. It's like, oh, shit. But this is a movie that you could get away with in the 90s, back when things were... We were a little bit more... Um, naive. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. We were very, we were much more naive. 
and like we said, it's like because Jim Carrey was in it, it felt like a safer version of something that no one else could do. <laughs> oh yeah, like I said, you put you put a more serious actor in uh, Jim Carrey's role. Oh, it, this immediately becomes a horror movie. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> yeah, but, give it a shot. You guys can rent it. It's on Amazon Prime Video. You can probably catch it on YouTube if you guys haven't watched it. It's a good watch. It's definitely worth picking up. Don't confuse it with Larry the Cable Guy, please. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us and listening to this episode of the show. And uh, yeah, just wanted to give a lot of, you know, since this is the season of giving thanks and Thanksgiving is next week. Um, we definitely want to appreciate everyone who's been following the show and helping us get to get past our 5,000 downloads, which we mentioned last week, but we just really appreciate it. Uh, continue to interact with us. And I think you guys are really going to, I think there's a good segment of our audience that's going to appreciate what we do next week as uh, for our Thanksgiving episode. I just don't want to give it away just yet, but uh, we hope you guys will join us next week. Yeah, because next week we're going to watch Thanks Killing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> yes, we are. You heard it here first, you guys. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Later.